Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. This is Frederick Henry, and you're listening to The Frederick Henry Show. And we're talking about all things Trump. And this morning, as often is the case lately, I awakened to thoughts about Donald Trump. And I thought to myself, what is very significant today in my mind? And the thing that comes to my mind is his tremendous amount of energy. Now, that energy, I believe, Donald Trump was able to communicate back into the society. I think we had become um, lazy or complacent or uninspired or not interested in a lot of things in a lot of ways under the Obama administration. And then President Trump came along and he brought with him a new energy, a a powerhouse of energy, you know, get things done, do things, go, go, go. And he did that personally, and I think that energy and that enthusiasm sparked his followers, sparked the political movement that chose him to be its leader, sparked industry, sparked commerce, and his inspirational message. You know, we hear so much negativity about all the things uh, that people don't like about Donald Trump, and I don't agree with any of them. But be that as it may, they were there and they were the naysayers and they were the downers and they were the put-downers and they were the stoppers and they were the gaggers and they were the lockdowners and they were the anti-vacciners. Uh, All of these people still exist. And so maybe they did choose. Maybe they did choose sleepy Joe Biden. And I wonder, because many times uh, people said to Donald Trump, call him weak, but he chose to sh- use the word sleepy. And I think that's the difference. President Trump was a dynamo. He is a dynamo. He's a man of action. He gets things done. He doesn't sit around wringing his hands, moaning and groaning. He's brusque. He's straightforward. He's everything's on the table. There's always a possibility. Never give up. Go, go, go. And I think of myself, the renewed enthusiasm I saw in other people and in myself for politics, for the nation, for patriotism. Of the renewed energy I saw in my daily step, in my daily thinking. I was interested in things. I was opened up to things. I was uh, listening to new people, uh, new conservative voices, new, uh, new, new voices just generally. Uh, had new perspectives on things. And I followed uh, President Trump's rallies. I used to listen to every single rally. I still would do that even into the future because I found them inspirational. I found them dynamic. I found them a powerhouse of uh, encouragement. They were exciting. He was exciting. The movement was exciting. What we were doing was exciting. And during the middle years, my wife and I were so actively inspired. We traveled. We did so much. We, We didn't stay home. We kept going, 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 inspired by the enthusiasm, by the renewed economic prosperity, by the uh, renewed employment numbers. We were uplifted by the the uh, black community and the Hispanic communities and their progress. We were, we were inspired by the people off of food stamps and the people in the workforce. We were inspired by people not having to get a $2,000 check because they were making more than enough money. 
we ourselves in our investment portfolios saw enormous pr- uh, growth and potential way beyond our wildest dreams. And President Trump used to say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so he brought that enthusiasm with him. And I think that that is something that we're afraid of. I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of Sleepy Joe. I'm afraid that the society they're putting in front of us, the vision they have, is to put us back in, lock us down, gag us, put us to sleep, shut us up, keep us from being enthusiastic, keep us from being active, making sure that we're just passive recipients of government power and programs. And that was one of the differences. It was we, the people of Donald Trump. It was we were going to get things done. It was we were making progress. Now, people say he always said, I, I, I. Well, you know what? Uh, Donald Trump was a businessman his whole life. You don't go in front of your investment bankers. You don't go in front of your um, other backers. You don't go in front of your stockholders. You don't go in front of the people who are going to make investments in your business and say, well, the team is going to do it, or uh, the janitor is going to do it, or the folk are going to do it, or the, the uh, workers are going to do it. You're going to tell these backers, you're going to say to these backers, I need hundreds and hundreds of billions and billions of dollars to build these buildings and to renovate an entire city like New York, which is what he did. Downtown New York was a shambles. It was a slum. It was a ghetto. And he renewed all that progress, all that enthusiasm. He didn't do every building, but he brought enthusiasm. He brought vision. He brought a concept. He brought bigness. He brought investment. He brought um, can-do-it attitudes. He brought an, a, a concept of a future that was bright and beautiful to downtown New York. And he accomplished it, not all by himself, but by the unions. He inspired the unions. He inspired... Um, the backers. He inspired people to invest. He inspired people to move into these buildings. He inspired businesses to relocate into these buildings. He brought in mega, mega amounts of money, him and Giuliani. He did that with his dynamic personality and strong uh, can-do and get-it-done attitude. I'm looking at Sleepy Joe. Maybe that's why he chose it. Because what I think the uh, Biden administration would like to do is put us all to sleep. Put us all to sleep. We all just stay in, lock down, be comfortable, gag yourself, uh, don't visit anybody, don't talk to anybody, just use the computer, just use your telephone, don't engage in social, don't don't travel, uh, don't go on boats, don't go on planes, don't go into hotels. My wife and I were out yesterday on Christmas Day, and we would happen to be driving around just to see so many we were, so many hotels, so many big motels, so many places where restaurants, everything empty, closed up, barred up, no people, nothing happening, sleepiness, going to sleep, falling asleep, and eventually, you know, how, how else to control people? Keep them locked into their own private apartment or house prison. Keep them gagged with a mask. Keep them afraid so they don't move around, they don't travel, they don't speak, they don't share, they don't do anything. They just are passive. We, the rulers under the Biden administration, we'll do everything. We'll go out and we'll do all that stuff, but you just stay home and stay safe. We're in this together. Stay safe. The messaging is so powerful that you, it's all about sleepiness. Let's go back to sleep as we were before. Obama put us to sleep, and now Trump woke us up and gave us an injection, a vitamin B injection, and really revved us up so that we were making tremendous success and progress. But that's not what Sleepy Joe and his controllers want. They want control. They want to put you down.
and they want to keep you passive. So friends, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I really thought that when it was exposed that there was election fraud, especially with the mail-in ballots and the machinery, I would have thought that the courts and the others would have at least listened to the evidence. But of course, it was John Roberts who gave permission to Pennsylvania and these other states to have five or six days of balloting instead of one day. It was the courts that gave permission to uh, allow illegals to vote. It was New York City, all these people who allowed everybody to get a driver's license in case there was any identification. It was the de Blasios and the Comos of the world who uh, uh, fostered um, fraudulent uh, uh, ideas about the election. And in Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, all these places, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, South Carolina, uh, Georgia mainly, uh, this is just, it's just an egregious thing. And I would have thought the Supreme Court would have at least listened to the many, many state governments and the many, many legislators who asked to be heard, but instead the John Roberts Court shut them down and uh, told them that they don't have a case because they don't have any standing. In other words, they don't have any right to sue in a court of law. They just must obey. And uh, the, the biggest, the John Roberts decision, a one-page decision with the concurrence of um, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Barrett, please. These are people that we, the American people, fought for them. We fought hard for them. We struggled for them. We stood up for them. We made sure that they got into the court. And when our hour of need, when, when the nation needed them, when we needed them, they chose to say that we, the states... We, the people of the states, we, the voters, we, the citizens of the states, don't have a right to sue in the federal court for a hearing. For a hearing. We didn't, I'm not even talking about the judgment, for a hearing. They would not even hear the case. They would not even look at the evidence. They would not even entertain the possibility that something had gone wrong. That makes them complicit in it as well. And so we have the courts. We have the state governments of those five and seven states. We have the people who actually did the, the mail-in fraud, the people who delivered the mail-in ballots, the people who counted them fraudulently, and then we have the machinery, which has been shown to be uh, faulty and set at a standard that allows many, many millions of votes to be flipped from Trump to Biden so that potentially, I believe, 20 million people voted on those machines. My opinion, I have, just as my opinion, voted on those machines, and their vote was taken away from them, stolen from them, and flipped, given to the other candidate, the one they had not voted for. That's called theft, my friends. It's called tyranny. It's called suppression. And I thought that the courts would solve it. I thought that the different state legislators would have solved it. I thought that maybe... Um, the electors would have solved it. And now we have January uh, 5th and 6th. Uh, those dates uh, are looming in front of us. And unless we get some senators to have some some backbone and some congressmen to have some backbone, we won't even get a final hearing. And all of this will be shut out. And that's the way of gangsters. That's the way of tyrants. That's the way of dictators. Shut them out. Shut them up. Lock them down. Put them in a face mask, a gag and tell them that they have no right to dare to question what has been done. And so that sounds like a down thing, and it is. 
And I'm going to make what I believe to be a prediction based upon just my reading. I believe that if the Republicans do not at minimally object in the House to the electors and the senators, not one senator, but all, all Republican senators, if they do not all object to the electors from these seven states, six or seven states, then I believe that they have abandoned the political revolution. Now, what do I mean by the political revolution? I believe that there was a revolution during the time of the Taxes Enough Already Party. T-E-A stands for Taxes Enough Already Party. And it wasn't meant to be a political party. It was a movement of people who said, we've been taxed enough already. Stop it. And it became acquainted with the Tea Party of the British Times, the Revolutionary Times in Boston. Let me pause there a minute, please, so I can cough. Now, what happened to the Tea Party movement? It was co-opted, which means that other people who aren't part of the original movement and the revolution during the years of the Tea Party, uh, 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 not the Tea Political Party, just the Tea Party movement, Taxes Enough Already movement, um, various politicians and careerists and elitists uh, saw an opportunity because it was an unorganized, um, uh, just a movement, and they saw an opportunity to co-opt, to steal the movement away from the people and create it as a political party. And most of those people were Republicans, and they ran on the Tea Party, which was not even a party, it's not a political party, it still is not a political party, movement in order to get themselves elected to Congress. And as soon as they got elected to Congress, they abandoned the principles and they abandoned the people who put them there. They carried out their own private, personal agenda. But the movement didn't go away. It might have been quieted down for a while. It may have been uh, gagged for a while. It might have been locked down for a while. But it came back out. It was seething there. It actually grew and grew and grew. And finally, that movement saw an opportunity to choose a leader, choose a leader. And we chose Donald Trump. And he came out and he agreed to be our leader. I don't know who contacted him or what what sensitivities went on between uh, people of our side and him. But he became the candidate and we elected him to be president in the United States of America. And he delivered for the movement. He delivered this political movement, starting with the Tea Party and going forward, this political revolution we the people, the patriot America, uh, the patriotic Americans, these people uh, had a leader, a champion, a fighter in the ring for them. And he has delivered, he fought for us, he has continued to fight for us, and he will always fight for us. And he delivered on everything he said he was going to deliver and more. And he gave us enthusiasm, he gave us hope. He gave us hope. We were becoming hopeless. We were becoming frustrated. And the frustration was leading to um, uh, despair and de- despondency. And we were becoming uh, people who were degenerating into a, a, a state of hopelessness. And Donald Trump accepting our challenge to become president and become leader of the political revolution, which predated him uh, many, many years did a great job. But the the swamp, as it became called, the mainstream media, as they became called, uh, the legacy people, the people who wanted it the way it was during the um, Obama years, 
who wanted the Green Deal. They wanted to give away our money. They wanted to uh, put America last, not first. All the things that Donald Trump undid, they wanted to reimpose it upon us. And so they have. And, uh, well, they will uh, come January. And I believe, my personal private belief, by cheating and by voter suppression and voter fraud and uh, the use of machinery such as the counting machines to steal the election away, steal my vote and steal your vote. So if the Republicans do not make a stand with the president, I think that you and I will. I'm not saying you should. I think we will abandon the GOP because I think the GOP, the 12 congresspersons who came into office on the Trump train, the many, many senators and others who are reelected on the Trump train, uh, the many uh, 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 other officials who were put into office across the nation based upon the Trump train, uh, they abandoned us. And so maybe, and, that, and why did they abandon us? Because they've kidded themselves. Now that the fight is hot, now that they're on the front lines, now that they're in the trenches, they realize the danger of this political movement a revolutionary movement that would change and is trying to change American politics forever. And so abandoning us, they say, well, the, the people never elected uh, Donald Trump because he was just Donald Trump, but they voted for us because we are the real GOP. We are the real revolutionaries. And this is another action of political people to co-opt, to steal away the movement, to take over the leadership of the movement and to... Um, suppress the real heart and soul of the movement and to finesse it into something that they wanted to be, not that the people wanted to be. But the people, those 56,000 people who were with President Trump in Pennsylvania during the, one of the last rallies in Pennsylvania, those people don't want their movement to be co-opted and moved into a different direction by, by politicians. They have made known with their vote and with their voice and with their physical selves, what they want. They want Donald Trump, and they want everything he stands for because that is the same thing that they stand for. And so if these politicians who stood on the stage with him and were called out by him by name and, and praised by him in the many, many rallies do not stand up for him, then we will abandon them. Maybe we'll primary them with other candidates. I believe what's happening right now is the beginning of a birth, the birth of a third political party. And it will be at the expense of the Republicans. Because we, the, I believe, 94 million, but let's just take the low number, 74 million. We, the 74 million people who voted for Donald J. Trump to be president, didn't vote for the GOP. We're not GOP. Oh, there's a few of us who uh, claim to be Republicans. But this was not an election of the GOP. This was an election of Donald Trump. It was the election of the political revolution. It was the election of Trumpism, if you want to call it that. And we uh, perhaps are being, being defeated. Maybe we will be defeated in office. But the movement, as before, will not be stopped. We will not be gagged. We will not have a face mask put on our voices. We will not have ourselves locked into our own homes as a personal gilded cage prison called your house. You know, Locking you into your house is putting you under house arrest, my friends. Forbidding you to go to your church is forbidding you to practice the freedom of your religion. Forbidding you to travel 
is a breach of the Constitution in terms of my understanding that we have a freedom of movement and assembly, freedom to get together, freedom to voice our concerns, and no amount of disease control should be allowed to take away our first ten amendments, which are our personal, individual rights as citizens and as voters in the United States of America, and no amount of emergency decrees and orders and lockdowns and uh, Gestapo tactics by any governor or mayor or anybody else should be allowed to put make us prisoners in our own country. That shouldn't be allowed. So I think this is the beginning of a new movement, not a new movement, but the continuation of the movement, and that movement is logically, it logically is going to issue in the creation of a third political party. And that political party will be at the expense of the GOP because the 73 million people or 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump, they know the Democrats. They never voted for the Democrats. So you can't call, can't say you were betrayed by the Democrats. But since you voted for the um, the Republicans who claim to be in favor of Donald Trump and the Trump movement, and they betrayed us and let us down and failed us in our hour of need, then we will um, have a political party of our own, and it will be at their expense. And that's what's going to happen. I really believe it's going to happen. Now, what do I think you should do about it? Myself, it depends on who founds the party. It depends on what the platform of the party is, and it depends on who is controlling it. If Donald Trump is controlling it, if Donald Trump's people are in charge, if it's not filled, if it's not filled with uh, previously political types like former congressmen and former senators and former government officials, we don't want any of that. If we have a, a new party, a third party that moves out and is made up of former government officials, former congressmen, former state representatives, former mayors and former governors, we don't want that. Reject that party. Reject that party. But if we have like um, Charlie Kirk's and uh, uh, the Candace Owens and uh, the, uh, the many, many people who became prominent in our movement, uh, the Don Bonginos and the like, if these are the leaders of the new party, then let's make that party. And let's make it stick in every state, in every municipality, in every county, in every um, Congress, legislature, and in courts, and in uh, or education positions. Let's pay attention to putting up our candidates for what we stand for in the local elections, starting with the, with the boards of education elections and the mayoral elections in our own little towns. And in any place where we can elect one of our people, let's put them in. It may take 25 years to get back our country, but we can do it. It can be done, my friends. And I hope and pray that um, if it does happen that way, that President Trump, in his uh, retirement, will help us and direct us and show us a way to make America great again, again. Thank you for listening. This was the uh, Frederick Henry Show. This is a show about all things Trump. Uh, if President Trump is no longer the president in a couple of weeks, this is uh, December the 26th. So what are we talking about? One, two, three, four weeks. If in a month's time he's no longer the president of the United States, I'm going to try to continue this, all things Trump, if it isn't particularly personal about President Trump, and it hasn't been, uh, then it will be about the ideas of the political revolution, the new political party that I believe is going to come about from this whole thing, 
and uh, the continuation of the patriotism and the encouragement and the uh, involvement and enthusiasm of uh, our political revolution. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Frederick Henry, and Happy New Year, friends. Happy New Year. May God bless us in the new year. Thank you for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.